You know, so many times you read the Bible, you would have met with, whether it be David or whoever it was, so many times would have missed it if they would not have heard God. What if Jehoshaphat would not have heard God to, to go and, and, and send out the musicians in the front? What if Joshua wouldn't have heard God to walk around the wall seven times? What if, what if you know, in so many battles, so many things going on, if we don't hear God, we're going to miss it. Amen? But I'm telling you, God's moving. I don't care what CNN says. I declare God's moving. Amen? Well, praise God. Well, I'm glad you're here tonight. Glad you showed up on a Wednesday night. I'm glad y'all showed up all out there, all over the world watching the video tonight. But I want to tell you something. I want to preach to you, so get your Bibles out. Praise God. Notice a few little changes going on here. There'll be more by Sunday. We're getting some new lighting in here, and we're trying to get it all figured out and done. Hopefully, we have a better handle on it by Friday. But right now, we're doing the best that we can. I got to be free, folks. I got to be free. I'm tired of standing behind the pulpit. I'm tired of people telling me what to do, and I'm tired of standing back here. I want to get down there on the floor. I want to walk around. I want to sit out there in the chairs and preach. I want to walk up and down and look you in the face. I don't like preacher distancing because I'm bound to be in this place, this spot. So anyway, we're going to get that all worked out. It's going to be glorious. Amen. Okay, so I preached Wednesday on the resurrection. I preached about the resurrection power. I don't want to go back over that. You can go watch the video again. But the resurrection power is in each and every one of us. Amen? Greater is he that's in us and he's in this world. Man, don't tell me that the power that raised Jesus from the dead is not in us. Don't tell us that even when you got saved, when you got born again, when the Spirit of God came to live on you, it's the same power. Not Jesus right out of hell. It's in us. But we as Christians don't walk in it. We don't use it because we don't understand it. We just go around and, 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 and we don't walk in it. Amen? And so I gave you some stuff, but I want to go to the second part because I didn't get finished. And I had to quit Sunday. And so uh, I, I, got a, I got a little more here I want to go into. So go. First, let me just tell you this. Now, turn in your Bibles to Amos, Old Testament book, Amos chapter 5, verse 24. Amos 5, 24. Amos says something right there that's so profound. He says, let justice run down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. Isn't that amazing? He said, man, I, I want justice to run down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. If we ever, you could turn that into a prayer right now for our country. All right. But. The second part of this that I want to talk about the resurrection power, this power is on the inside of us, but we have to, we literally have to activate it. We really have, literally have to walk in it. Would Peter have ever walked on the water if he wouldn't have got out of the boat? Right? If he had sat in the boat and said, man, I did it. I saw it. I mentally assented and walked out on the water. I saw myself walking on the water. Everybody say, yeah, right. Right? He had to step out. There's a point in all of us by faith. We have to step out on the word of God, step out on the things of God, step out of the boat. You can't ride in the boat with Jesus and just live your life like that and expect to walk in resurrection power. Resurrection power means stepping out of the boat, means believing God, that you're going to, every step you take, every step, man, listen to me. 
You know, I, I, I give Dr. Brown such a hard time, but you know, I've been, I've been doing everything I can to exercise. And I, every step I take, man, I'm believing, I'm talking to all my organs. I'm saying every tissue, every organ, everything in my body, you've got to function right in the name of Jesus. I'm not doing this because I enjoy it. I'm doing this because you're supposed to line up. So I'm telling you, line up. But every step I'm taking, I'm taking by faith because I don't want to do it. I don't know why God didn't set it up that, you know, like after 50, if you made it to 50, then after that, you got easy grace and you could just eat anything you wanted to and do whatever you wanted to at the end of your life because you had lived that long. I don't know why it didn't work that way. You became healthier, became stronger. You became just go to sleep, wake up the next morning. But that isn't the way it works. So anyway. Amos says here something. So here's the first key to walking in this righteousness, to activating it. You have to love righteousness. Jesus said, man, we shouldn't wish ill on our enemies. So you're not walking in righteousness if you say, man, I'm so glad oh, so-and-so's house blew down. Showed them. You're not loving righteousness. Hello? Amos says we should be desiring justice to run down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream parallel scripture with it is in Hebrews 1.8. Hebrews 1.8, what Jesus, what, what God, what the Holy Spirit said about Jesus, he says, but to the Son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. So Jesus loved righteousness and he hated evil. Okay. But he loved God's righteous ways. We got to do it God's ways, not man's ways. We got to love true righteousness. When you start to love righteousness, it starts to activate the resurrection power of Jesus on the inside of you. Okay, now there's a catch. I have a catch at the end of this message. So right now you may be saying, I love righteousness. Okay, but hang on. The second thing, okay, you find find in Acts 24 10. Acts 24, 10. It says, this is when Paul was before the governor when he was taken, when he went back to Jerusalem and then they, they abducted him and, and took him off. And he's speaking to the governor here. He says, then Paul, after the governor had nodded to him to speak, he answered and he said, inasmuch as you know that I have been for many years a judge of this nation, I do the more cheerfully answer for myself because you may abstain you may ascertain that it is no more than 12 days since I went up to Jerusalem to worship, and I neither found myself in the temple disputing with anyone, nor inciting the crowd, either in the synagogue or in the city, nor can they prove the things which, I, which they now accuse me. But this I confess to you, that according to the way which they call a sect, so I worship the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and the prophets. I have hope in God, which they themselves also accept, that there will be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. This being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense towards God and men. The second way you start to activate the resurrection power is you have to have a clear conscience before God and man. Now listen to this. The Bible says that if your heart doesn't convict you, it's not sin. But if your heart does convict you, it is. 
So putting it this way, if you're convicted in your conscience that you're not right with God, then more than likely you are not right with God. Hello? Because your conscience is telling you you're not right. If you're sitting there saying, golly, I shouldn't have done that. Then you know what? You probably shouldn't have done that. So what the devil does is he takes it and you say, gosh, I shouldn't have done that. And then he says, oh, you're such a terrible sinner. And right there, you either have a choice to go into victory or to go into bondage. If you give to it and you take it in and you say, oh, I am. I'm a terrible person. I'm a horrible person. Then all of a sudden what you do is the enemy starts feeding garbage to you. And what happens to you is you start getting bound up. You need the anointing of Isaiah 10, 27 to break off the yoke and bondages of fear and, and, and judgment and whatever that's come upon you so that you can be free. What you should have done is just repent and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I messed up. I want to have a clear conscience for you. I, I want to know that I'm right with you. Okay. So love and righteousness and having a clear conscience for God and man. Okay. Third one. You say, oh, pastor, I got that one down. Those two, no problem. Proverbs 4.23. I preach on this a lot. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. The third thing is to have a pure heart. Okay. In other words, did you do what you did to with a motive behind it that's pure because you really want to see the person blessed? Or did you do what you did because you hoped that they felt bad because you had been nice to them? Oh, I did it because it was the Christian thing to do. But the pureness of your heart, did you do it just because you wanted them to feel bad? I preached this message a while back about talking about the only person that really knows your heart is you, okay? So what I'm saying to you is you're not going to walk in the resurrection power unless your whole total focus is you want righteousness and you know Jesus is the righteous way. If you're, if you're skewed one way, well, maybe Buddha will work sometimes or maybe Muhammad might work or maybe the, you're, you're, you're skewed in your thinking. There's only one path. There's, there is only black and white. There's no gray area. It's one way and it's loving righteousness and righteousness stems from the things of God. Right? Then you keep your heart pure. I mean, you keep your conscience clean before you and God, right? And then you get the pure motives of your heart. They're kind of the same, but they're a little different. The pure motives of your heart, right, okay? What about Matthew 5, 8? He says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God, okay? So a pure heart is really important. And we always have to be cautious about what we're doing and making sure the motives of our heart are right. So just, just a moment ago, uh, I, I was just hearing some talk about uh, churches and things going on and God not moving in churches and the Holy Spirit leading and this kind of that. And, and as I was worshiping, I was thinking about that. And I just, and I just said to myself, you know, really, it's the, it goes right to the message tonight. Because God's not going to be in a place where the hearts of the people aren't right. All right? It doesn't make any difference if I pulled a buckboard and a team of horses in here and preached off of it every week. Or a Harley. Or a whatever. It doesn't make any difference. It, what it makes a difference is the heart. The heart of the people. When the heart's wrong, then you do all kinds of stupid things. Hello? But when the heart's right, that's what I've always said about prayer. You know, however you work your prayer time, if you, if you really get into lighting a candle while you're praying, 
Well, I don't have a problem with that. But just don't tell me I got a lot of candle. And you don't worship the candle. Hello? But if that is really you like to put a scented candle on and pray, well, glory to God. Go get you one frankincense or whatever. I, I makes me no difference. You follow me? It's the motive of the heart. It's always the motive of the heart. So many preachers and churches get into making money rather than the pureness of the heart of just doing what's right. You with me? Are we going to preach the gospel in this day and age when it's not kosher to preach the gospel? Right? I mean, it doesn't make any difference. No matter what I preach, there's always going to be somebody out there telling me I should have preached something else. I mean, that's just the way it is. Every message I know I'm going to get hit with somebody slamming me on that side. Well, well, it's not. You didn't put this other key. This is a major key too, whatever, whatever. But it's the motive of the heart. Amen? The pureness of the heart. That's what God's looking for today. And if you want to see resurrection power flowing in your life, if you desire righteousness, you have a clear conscience, and you have a pure heart, well then, folks, I want to tell you something. You were in the powerhouse seat to see miracles, signs, wonders, God moving, going through this, no matter what's happened, a thousand will fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. But if everything's a little twisted in there, watch out. So I told you all that. I tell you those, just those three things. But if I left you here, it wouldn't be fair because I need to tell you how you make sure you can get those three things done. Okay? There's only, now here, so this is whatever, B, if you're taking notes, I guess. I don't know. I don't do notes well. I just preach. So you're not going to be able to get a heart for righteousness, a clear conscience, and a pure heart. You're not going to be able to get those. You can't get them done by yourself. All right? You can't get them done in your own strength. They can only be done if you keep yourself under the blood of Jesus and the word of God. Now hear this, how simple this is. Just hear how simple this is. 1 John 1.5. 1 John 1.5. John speaking here and he says, This is the message which we have heard from him and declared to you that God is light. And in him there's no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, but we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. And just stop there for a second. He says, if we say, if we say we have fellowship with God, but we still walk in darkness, then we're lying. So just hear me now. So then the proofs in the pudding. All right, enough said. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the what? The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. So walking in fellowship with God, walking in the light with the fellowship of God, the blood of Jesus then cleanses you. Now think about this. How are you going to keep a pure heart? How are you going to keep a pure, a, 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 a pure conscience towards God? How are you going to keep always love and righteousness and God's judgment, not your judgment? By fellowshipping with him. And he says it's like, it's, it's like it just happens. You fellowship with God, and then what usually should happen is the Holy Ghost says, there's a little, you've got a little spot right there between your teeth. And he said, oh, he helps you get cleaned up. And you say, oh, I'm sorry. 
Repent. And then what happens? The heart gets pured. The conscience gets cleaned. You follow me? But if there's no fellowship, you're not fellowshipping in the light. You're not fellowshipping with God. So let's just talk about that for a minute. A lot of ways you can fellowship with God. You know them, but do you do them? I mean, I don't need to teach to y'all how to fellowship with God. I'm just telling you, we live in a busy world today, and we don't stop in fellowship with him. We just don't do it. We don't take time. We get busy. We get caught up. We get running. We get doing this. We're doing that. We're going here. We're going there. Whatever. We do not stop and have fellowship with God. Because if you do have fellowship with God, then the blood of Jesus is going to cleanse you from everything, and then everything is going to be okay. He said, well, I read my devotional this morning and I prayed, but you could actually do those things and not have fellowship with God. I think that's what the Pharisees and the Sadducees did, didn't they? They learned how to read the Bible forwards and backwards, but didn't know God. Oh, I don't want to be that person. Hello? I want to be a person that every time I, I, I that is the kind of person that every time I'm around people, it causes them to be more, want to be more like Jesus just because I'm around just jumps off me and gets on them. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, well, we deceive ourselves. The truth's not in us. Folks, if you say, oh, I'm already pure. I got it all pure. Got saved. I got saved a long time ago. Got my letter from the church, the whole nine yards. I'm pure. I'm saved. No, folks, we walk through stuff all the time. It's a continual process, not a continual process of being saved, but it's called a continual process called sanctification. In other words, we're always constantly walking it out, right? And we have to have the fellowship. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, to cleanse us for all unrighteous. If we say that we have not, not sinned, we make him a liar and his word's not in us, okay? So just listen to me. I'm asking you, everybody out there watching, I'm just asking you, how much time are you spending in fellowship with him? True fellowship, good fellowship. The kind of fellowship where you just sit on the back of your pickup when the sun's shining and, and you're not getting oak pollen in your face. And, and you can just sit there and watch the clouds go by and look up to heaven and start talking to him. And, and you feel his presence because your heart's really yearning for him. And you start to just have a conversation. That's the kind of fellowship I'm talking about. The kind of fellowship when you just sit down and in your, your chair and close your eyes and you just thank him for everything that he's done for you. That's the kind of fellowship I'm talking about. Put on some worship music and just worship and sing with the Lord. You know, every Christmas, uh, my wife and I, we, we watch Christmas movies. We have like 12 days of Christmas movies. All we watch is a Christmas movie. We have all kinds of crazy, different, crazy movies picked out. Some funny, some are the like, you know, Christmas in Connecticut that I don't really care too much for. But I watch them and I smile and we do it. And, you know, is that the one with he got the pipe and he's singing? I'm dreaming. What's that one? White Christmas. Is that White Christmas? Holiday Inn. That's it. Holiday Inn. That's all. These are all the ones you have to watch. So then I just have to throw something crazy. And so I have to throw in, I throw in Elf. Absolutely the most ridiculous show you've ever seen in your entire life. But I get to pick a Christmas song. I mean, a Christmas movie. Die Hard, I don't know if y'all know that is a Christmas. The very first Die Hard is a Christmas show. I'm losing what I was going to say here in just a minute. Okay, I got to saying all of that about that idiot. 
I cannot believe I went through all of that and now I have totally blanked out on where I was going with the point of what he says. Oh, well, it's gone. I said too much, I explained too much, and I lost everything. Fellowship. That's where I was. But the point is, is that he is so excited to just get to see his father, and he's just like over the top crazy going to see his father. Or Santa! Are we like that with Jesus? That was my point. He was so crazily excited about everything. Are we that way with Jesus? Are we just glad to just get to fellowship with him, to talk to him, that we have a way to go to, to see Jesus, to talk, that with the heavens been made and open for us and we can go do it? Are we excited about it? That the God that created the heavens and the earth is our father. That was a point. Thank you all for saving me. The last thing. Okay, so the fellowship is going to cleanse you. Okay, this is how you're going to then walk with a pure, pure conscience, love righteousness, and a pure heart, okay? And then this one, uh, 1 John 2, 1 John 2. It says, I write to you, little children, I'm 12, verse 12, 1 John 2, 12, excuse me. I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake, and I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning, and I write to you, young men, because I have overcome the wicked one. I write to you, little children, because you have known the Father, and I have written to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. The second part of this is, yes, you have fellowship with the Lord, but unless you know the promises and you know the things that God has given you, you're not going to walk in them. I'm telling you, I have a, 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 it's not that new of a truck. It's several years old truck out there. And I still have things in there that I don't understand how to operate. There are buttons that I do not understand what they do. I'm still learning, still having to figure things out, still having to people tell me and show me. My point is, you don't know all the word. Just because you read the Bible once, you don't know everything. Just because you glanced across it, just because you have one, you don't know everything. Just because you've read some scriptures, just because you've, you've gotten a book on a devotional book that gave you this, just because you read my book on praying the word, it doesn't mean you know everything in here. I don't know everything in here. And I read it, though, with with. Just like, oh, Lord, what are you going to show me today? What are you going to give me today? What am I going to see today? What victory, what glory, what, what, are you, what are you going to say here today to me, Lord? And that word, according to what he just said, what John just said here, because the word of God abides in you, you overcome the wicked one. So the fellowship cleanses you. The word causes you to overcome, which allows you then to love righteousness, have a pure conscience, or have a clean conscience and have a pure heart. But without those last two, you're not going to have the other three. But if you're discouraged tonight because you say, oh, man, my heart's wicked, do the last two. Fellowship and the word cleanses it all up and gets you in the right place to be. There's no other way around it, folks. Listen to me, I have said this a million times. If I had the magic pixie dust to throw on you, the magic Holy Ghost oil to dispense, if I could have a big five-gallon bucket, could dip a, 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 a sage bush in here and sling it all over and everybody was perfect, I'd do it. 
But actually, I just did. I actually just did. I told you the answer. Now you're going to go do it. I just slapped you in the face with the Holy Ghost hyssop bush. But now are you going to do it? Are you just like, oh, man, pastor got all, all over me. Right? Are you out there tonight looking and saying, oh, man, I got to mess my makeup up. Are you saying, sling some more, sling some more? It's all about our hearts. Amen? So praise God. Challenge yourself. Ask yourself the questions tonight. What's your conscience? How's your conscience? How's your heart? You love and righteousness? You got some issues? Spend more time fellowshipping with him. Spend more time in the word, and it'll line up. It will just line up. I would just be amazed to see people that, you know, worshiped and loved the Lord. Just hear the testimonies of what would happen in a week. Rather than worrying and spending time worrying about what's going on or this or that or the other. Because there are people in the world right now that are freaking out. They're freaking out over everything. They're freaking out over over, over this and that and the other. They're worried. They're full of fear. They just are crazy. This whole new, whatever it's called, counterculture, whatever that's going around everything. I, 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 this is what was so funny. I, I heard a, a deal say, it's not funny, it's sad, that now they're against trees. Have y'all heard that? They're against trees because tree, a tree represents hanging. And I said to myself, if, you know, if I was in the psychiatrist's office and they were showing me pictures and saying, what, do you, what does this speak to you? Like if it was a fruit-bearing tree, I'd, I'd say food, fruit, nourishment. If it was a you know, giant oak or a giant sequoia, I'd say strength and all that. But then as I was thinking later, I said, when I see a tree, I really think about Jesus, right? But in their mindsets, hanging. There hadn't been a person hung in a tree in 100 years around here. My point is, that's what their minds go. That's what gets warped into their mind that when they see that, that's what they say. Folks, listen to me. We've got to see adversity and say, oh, oh Jesus. We, we, when something comes at us, we say, Look at that. We say, oh, my, I'm so glad I have fellowship and a Bible. And not be warped. That is warped, twisted thinking. And it will only lead to death. It ain't going to lead to life. It ain't going to make nobody happy. It ain't going to make nobody have victory. It ain't going to make nobody. It's going to lead people into depression. And already, you know, uh, the statistics are saying that crime is rising. In, in America, they're saying that suicide rates, suicide rates amongst children are rising. Why? Because we're all messed up, man. There's no fellowship. There's no, there's no nothing. There's, all this is going on. And people don't even stop to say, you know, have y'all had a B12 shot lately? <clears throat> One more thing. I, I heard a, I heard a uh, commercial. And it was just a commercial. You know, it wasn't a government commercial. It was just a commercial of a cleaner's that I guess they decided they'd capitalize on this. And they said, uh, come and get your clothes dry clean, 99.9% .9 effective against killing coronavirus. And I thought, you've got to be kidding me. Now people are, are making it off that, you know, oh, get your clothes. Then somebody's going to run to somebody and say, oh, did you dry clean your clothes? I mean, oh my God. And I'm like, 
if you carried the dirty clothes into the dry cleaners and they had COVID on it, you now have COVID on you unless they dry cleaned you. I mean, it's just like, I cannot believe the world is so stupid. I cannot believe they, uh, they think. Anyway, we need to have some sense. Fellowship, the word will get you what you need. Amen. Amen. Well, I got to quit. I got to quit. I'm just going to keep raving, ranting up here. So praise God. Stand up. I want to pray over you. I want to bless your offerings tonight. I want to bless your your giving. I want to pray. Uh, I'm just going to pray. Father, I just declare right now in Jesus name, just bless the people this night. Bless them, Lord God. I pray over everybody out there watching. I pray over everybody in here, Lord God, that we will come to the place and wake up to see that the truth is right there. Fellowship with you, O oh Lord God, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all of our sins. Lord God, read the word and let that word get in me so we can have victory and overcome the wicked one. I declare these people are strong. I declare these people are an army of God. I declare these people hear the word of God. Fellowship with you, Lord God, and we become, Lord God, people that plunder hell and we populate heaven, Lord. We, we are blessings everywhere we go. So, Lord, I thank you for it. I thank you for signs, wonders, and miracles. I just declare, Lord God, that they're blessed in their finances. They're blessed in their health. They're blessed in every aspect of their life. Lord, and I just declare that we're going to see victory, victory, victory in the days ahead. God, I thank you for it, and I praise you for it, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you, church.